are now about to witness the strength of knowledge. This is Steve Dace. Raising a banner of bold colors, no pale pastels. People should not be afraid of their governments. Governments should be afraid of their people. Our rights are inherent and essential. Derived from our maker, that is liberty. And liberty will reign in America. This is Steve Dace. Greetings. Welcome to today's free Steve Dace Show podcast powered by CRTV. My name is Steve Dace. Todd and Aaron are here as well. We'd love it if you would join us. Here's how you can do so. Steve at SteveDace.com is the email address. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Last name is spelled D-E-A-C-E. Just wrapped up uh, today's television show for CRTV. A lot of discussion about Cassidy Graham, healthcare, Jimmy Kimmel, uh, with a smattering of fake news or not, David French from National Review joined us with uh, some contrarian analysis, at least contrarian to what you've heard from us here on the show, which is why we wanted to have him on. It's good to get various points of view. There is wisdom in a multitude of counsel, but talking both about Trump's uh, UN speech, foreign policy, uh, his generals that are essentially acting as acting presidents at the moment, uh, as well as the latest, uh, I guess, their revelations. We don't really know. I, I don't know when cnn is we can quote them as a source or not now i just we have to have a standard for fake news guys other than if it's not convenient to me at the time it's fake there's got to be a standard other than that but we got into a lot of subject matter today on the television show todd give us a little sneak peek what stood out to you well you did mention uh, the uh difference that uh, you and david french uh, of opinion sh- uh, shared but you actually were the difference was uh, was hovering around a fundamental agreement in that both of you were basically just had a different version of how Trump needs to be babysat. Right. We both yeah, we both agree He's, he he thinks Trump needs to be babysat by the generals. I think Trump needs to show leadership uh, to to show that he's not capable of being babysat. Now, maybe David has given up the ghost on that. Yes. <laughs> and if you and it's a, we're, what, we're parents here, when you've given up the ghost on one of your children's capabilities to do something, you put up with all kinds of iniquities in other areas when you come to that conclusion that that's just not going to happen with yeah, you. Yeah, which is right? why you know you didn't you didn't counter argue, you didn't go devil's advocate, you just well, yeah, David, that's a valid point. You know, that's just, when when Steve Dace does that, that, that's his version of giving up the ghost, yes. What about you, Aaron? Um, let's see. Chris Pandolfo came on the round table, and you won't believe what happened next. <laughs> we just say that every day. Oh, gosh, I fake like news. it. I like this fake, is my favorite, Aaron, fake, this one. Fake news or not examines Juan Williams. You won't believe what he said. <laughs> Nihilistic, hopeless, dour, cynical in the extreme, Aaron. I don't know about yours, and that's my favorite, Aaron. That's and, my favorite. And he's getting better and better at it, he which is. probably means he needs to go on vacation yeah, or he, something. <laughs> I just went on one like four weeks ago. That's the most... <laughs> that's what this job will do to you, or at least working with me will do to you. Because if there's one thing I know how to do, it's bring the cynicism. Tomorrow's forecast... Pain. All right, you're not. It, you're better than Lawrence O'Donnell. Oh, God. Oh. Better than Laura you, you Ingram. You know about this, America, and I didn't before I saw it. You are in for a treat. I, you know, the guy was out there apologizing on social media for this last night. 
talking about how he's a, he was a terrible person. He let the moment get the better <laughs> of him. You know, I don't know, man. I I just. I don't get the whole diva mentality too. What, what I like to do when I when I go around, if I go somewhere around the country I've never been before to go speak at an event or do a show or something, you know, I just like to jack with people just for fun, you know. <laughs> so like when they'll ask me, "Hey, do you need anything?" Uh yeah. <laughs> it said right in my contract, no blue M and M's. What is with you? Just pick out something like that and just start going off for a few seconds, just to see what the reaction is. And I'm just totally kidding. I don't really care. I like all M and M's. In fact, I'm in, I'm inclusive when it comes to my M and M's. But but the diva thing, I don't get, man. I just I don't I don't understand that, you know. And that and there's a clip in the Lawrence O'Donnell meltdown where like his producers just walking up like yeah this happened yesterday too just you know have you seen that part yeah just, like, they're just like this is normal he, he's losing his mind he is literally losing his mind he is having a, a certifiable meltdown and this millennial female producer just walks up you know and she just hands him his paperwork walks <laughs> off it's, it's Tuesday around here guys all right shows in ten shows in ten it's just. <laughs> that is so many stereotypes in just one moment. I've I've never gotten the whole diva thing. I'm glad the lefts and people like O'Donnell keep providing these moments of I don't know uh, levity uh, in the midst of of everything else that's going on. Because if we couldn't laugh at somebody, uh, we'd we'd be cutting ourselves yes. every day. Yeah. If 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 there's if. If there's no point in having a serious conversation, Todd, then don't have one. Right? If there's no point in having a serious conversation, then what, what? don't have one. I don't know if I'm the guy to talk to. I'm increasingly losing my grip on what a serious conversation is, quite frankly, in this I climate. Hear you. I hear you. I mean, right now, God bless him. I love what Clay Travis is doing to deconstruct ESPN, but... That's just worthless. I'm it, sorry. It's empty calories. It is, but it's fun. It's fun. It's fun. I'm not going to lie. It's a ton of fun, actually. But it's funny watching the media. Conservative Clay, this guy worked for Tom Daschle on Capitol Hill and voted for him. And he admits twice. it openly. Yes. He's like, hey, guys. No, no, no. Somebody. He, some- he, he, he is trolling their fake news so much. He is openly saying, my Democratic Party credentials are better than yes. yours. I worked for the Democratic Senate leader on Capitol Hill. And then voted for Obama twice. And seeing him troll them from the middle left, there's, there, I, I might dispute that a little bit, McIntyre. Okay. Watching him troll the left from the middle left, Todd, there's some value. There's, there, is some, there is some caloric value in that. Well, more than left, middle left, right? It's just, it's like us. Watching somebody just refuse to stay on the reservation. Yes. Yes. I love it. Agreed. I completely agree. That's the value is he is refusing to conform. He's like, listen, I'm I'm a lib. So I thought we believed in this kind of live and let live, do whatever you want. You're all offended. I said boobs on CNN. You guys are doing a special documentary on how to teach teenagers anal sex. He's yes. trolling them consistently yes. with their own worldview. In some respects, let me... Because I want to make sure we're self-aware. Because we're talking all the time about self-awareness being dead in America today. I want to make sure that we it's not, it doesn't become extinct within us. Could it be argued in some respects, Travis is doing to the left what we have been doing to the, the Republicans and the right? Is that what you were saying? That's what I just said. Could that be argued, Aaron? That that's what Clay Travis yeah. is doing to his own team? Yeah, if he's serious about it, then yeah. 
If this is more than about, if this is more than just boobs, then yeah, I think that's. Uh, but th- but that isn't was he essentially just, making the argument? Get your freak on if you want. Say whatever yeah, you want. Do whatever you want. About that's more America. Than boobs. I mean, that's the thing. He with one word just d- d- dismantled all that they all are, everything that they do. And as you said, Steve, just roll tape on the nonsense of... And that's what he's done. He pointed out, and I've been on Brooke Baldwin's show before, and she's been okay with me. That's why I've been agreed to go on. But he pointed out that she was standing by when Don Lemon was getting his nipple pierced or something on New Year's Eve. Was, did he, did he, there was something, one of those no, clips Kathy he, Griffin yep. without a shirt on. Oh, I love you, Ken. She was saying, she said the word. Same yes. thing. I mean, that's... it. It's another lesson. It's not complicated. It's not complicated at all to take progressivism on. You, you just have to be willing to do it. That's it. It's a lack of will. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. All right. This week's edition of Buy, Sell, or Hold, our producer Aaron will throw out a series of provocative statements. By the way, if you want to catch today's TV show, CRTV.com, promo code DACE, CRTV.com, promo code D-E-A-C-E. Get the reduced subscription, not just for us, but Michelle Malkin, Stephen Crowder, Mark Levin, the entire team. And yes, you can get a monthly subscription as well and a free trial. So if you try it and don't like it, you don't pay a red set. All right. CRTV.com, promo code DACE. All right. Aaron will throw out a series of provocative statements. Todd and I will discuss side are we buying that are we selling that hopefully we have at least one good reason why and if we aren't really sure we once a week we get to invoke a hold but that is done so sparingly because it is seen as an obvious dude code violation to punk out go ahead Aaron. i pitched my uh, twitter followers to see if they had any ideas for buy sell hold and i got a few responses we'll start with uh, evan bichetta uh, I'm rewording his pitch for buy, sell, or hold. 2018 GOP gets blown out, but 2020 GOP will still be running on repeal Obamacare. Sell. I, th- I think Obamacare won't survive to 2020 one way or the other. This is why I don't... This is why I don't... I agree with what Pandolfo said on the TV show today. I don't fault any of our conservative friends who want to vote for Cassidy Graham seeing if they think it's their last chance to fire a torpedo into the thermal exhaust port, okay? Because it probably is. It, any of you argue it doesn't do that, it's, it's the last chance they probably have to even approach that, okay? But Obamacare is not going to survive the 2020. That's what this entire political debate has been about, Todd is if the Republicans would act in a way that they would then not incur and accrue all the responsibility and blame for the mess the Democrats have made. And throughout the course of this year, they have not done so. They've done the exact opposite, actually. They've taken full ownership of it. That's really the issue. This, this isn't lasting until 2020. We got whole states in the union that don't have a single Obamacare exchange because the market can't handle it. This won't last until then, so they won't still be campaigning on it till then. Because it won't last until then. So I'm selling. Yeah, I'm selling for that reason as well. I'm also selling based on the premise that, that, that I'm paraphrasing, but like you said slaughtered in 2018, yep. something along that mm-hmm. line. Yep. Uh, I, I don't think that's going to happen, not because it doesn't deserve. I don't think it doesn't deserve to happen. Um, but... I just think the progressives are that awful as well. Things may swing slightly, um, but I just don't think a, a slaughtering is going to happen. agree with that as well. I mean, the environment 
next year, in a traditional environment, the Republicans would get slaughtered. That's not even debatable. In a historical model, Agreed. they would get slaughtered. But it won't be a historical model because the Democrats are so far left now, their upward mobility is limited. All right, we've talked about that for the last several months. You have to factor that into your, that's where the data models haven't caught up yet. Like the data models took some time to catch up to the strength of Obama's get out the vote effort on, 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 on game day. The data models need to catch up to uh, how far left most of America views the Democratic Party and is no longer a viable option. This gives the Republican Party more rope than they've had in the past. Now, it's not an endless rope. And there were many people already at the end of the rope with the Republican Party coming in. That's why the guy won the election by 78,000 total votes in four, four states. But whatever you think, like when I look at the Alabama, I'll, I'll use the Alabama Senate race as an example to answer your point, Todd. The ID, Judge Roy Moore, I believe, is going to win on Tuesday. But I don't believe he's going to win by the margin the polls are showing. Because you just there's a price to be paid for being outspent that kind of money. It will show up for Luther Strange. It just, it will. That's just, that's just, you, you just can't spend that kind of, he's not flushing it down a toilet. And now what's the, pers- now my, my guess would be it's worth at least one to four points, two to four points on game day. So if you think Judge Roy Moore is going to win by eight, he's probably going to win by, you know, two to four points less than that. That amount of money is going to, is going to have an impact on the get out the vote effort. It just will. When you're being out, when you're being outspent, it's similar to an army. When one army fires a lot more bullets than the other army, even if the other army's better trained and is going to win, the, the margin of training and, and strategy advantage between the two armies gets shrunk when one side's firing 500 bullets for everyone you're firing. Because if you fire 500 bullets for everyone one you're firing, guess what? Sooner or later, you're going to hit more targets than they do. And that's going to that's gonna create more collateral damage. The same argument is here for the Republican Party and the Democrats. All right, so that, that, that mitigates how far left the Democrats are, mitigates the amount of water the Republicans can take on. But there is still a lot of danger for Republicans because we are still talking about their danger. The Democrats' danger is they've moved so far left. The Republicans' danger is their majority is hanging by a freaking string. And I'm not talking about numbers in the House and Senate. I'm talking about within their own, ideologically, their own party, their own base is barely hanging on right now. And when the last thing you have holding a party together is we got to beat the other guys no matter what. That's the, that's the couple that walks into my wife's office for marriage counseling and says, well, we're just staying together for the kids. She will tell you nine times out of ten that marriage is already over. If, if the only reason you're staying together is for somebody else and not for what you can get from one another, that probably is not going to survive. And that's what, that's what the Republican Party is right now. It's a marriage of we stay together for the kids and the, stay, and the metaphor for the kids is the Democrats are communists. But there's only so many times the Republicans can shank you, denut you, jimmy kick you before you just say, I, just, my, I can't do this anymore. And we are approaching that moment with the Republican Party. Agree or disagree with that? Uh, yeah. I'm not sure 2018 may be that moment, I, but, it, what, but but we won't be having this conversation in 2022, 2024. That, that's exactly what I was going to say. I was going to jump ahead a, a little bit, but you know, I I think, believe it or not, after this, may, may, maybe America will actually look forward to. Uh, that's why I said this: the, the amount of money, the amount of energy, the amount of people going out to vote in this midterm, I think is uh, going to be staggering. And it then it, it gives Trump again an opportunity to bamboozle us like he did in uh, 2016. So yeah, I think this is going to take some time. 
Uh, Sean Wentz, I think he meant this to be funny. Uh, the alt-right and Antifa will bond over their shared anti-Semitism, realize their simul- <laughs> uh, similarities, and merge. Uh, no, I, I think history shows you're maybe looking at a non-aggression pact there. And then when one side decides they have the advantage over the other, then they attack, right? But no, uh, history shows that even with temporary detente, haters don't hate anybody more than fellow haters. So whether it's Mensheviks versus Bolsheviks, communists versus fascists, no. Even they may have a non-aggression pact for a while, Todd, but sooner or later the brown shirts are marching across the Kiev. That's just how it works. Yeah, what's that you say? Real knows real? Real knows real, bro. Yes. Yeah, I mean, and yes, these are two poles of a line, but what happens when you take the ends of those lines and you connect them into a circle? I mean, these, these guys have a thin plaster wall separating their group meetings from one another. <laughs> they, they're, they're identical. All right, uh, Todd, um, direct your ang- anger at the, this one towards Jacob Arthur. Uh, Trump doesn't run for second term. Nikki Haley runs... And Mike Pence runs. Nikki Haley outlasts Pence at the convention because Kasich stays in till June. I'm going to make you answer this because I know it's your favorite topic. You go first. Uh, well, I've said before, I, I, I'm still leaning towards Trump not running, but only because he, he will have gotten what he wanted to out of this. Well, he's going to be bored, but he also wants to move on and parlay this into whatever business success he can. And he'll be 74 instead of 78 after two terms in which he's just got a lot less time. Uh, all right, I'll play. As for uh, <laughs> Nikki, hey, Nick, she's been impressive, but I don't. I don't know if she would run against. I, I, my gut says no that she would run against Mike Pence. So, for the reason Todd just said, I, I don't think she would run against Mike Pence or he against her. Actually, they're kind of the same person. She's though the new hotness version of what he is, and she is performing well. But the problem that she has now, though, is at some point one of our enemies is going to truly test the president's metal, test his rhetoric, and you see North Korea is escalating that provocation and if if the president's not up to the task she ha- she'll never be president because she's the one that was on the team when there was a meltdown see what i'm saying yeah and so that's why you really can't factor in this is why so many people like nikki haley up and cumbers in the republican party people with futures wanted nothing to do with being on team trump because they thought it was a bad it'd be a bad line on their resume they thought this this can only end bad and i don't want to be on the i don't be i i'm not i don't want was on the titanic when it sunk on my the next the first line on my linkedin page okay so nikki haley's performing extraordinarily well but her political future every day that she remains in there is tethered directly to whether the foreign policy she's advocating turns out to be successful or not. And if it's not, then she's not going anywhere, period. So I'm selling on that. All right. Uh, Our wit wants to know... uh, Actually, let's go with Steve Paragon next. Uh, General Kelly outlasts Rex Tillerson in their current position. Bye. No, sell. I'm selling. Sorry. I'm selling that. So you think Rex Tillerson will stay longer than General Kelly? Yeah, because Allah hates us. Yeah. Because Rex Tillerson should have never been hired. 
I mean, I can at least come up with an argument for hiring General Kelly. I can come up with a good argument originally for hiring General Kelly. I have no argument for allowing your subordinates to undermine you like that in public, though. I just don't. I, I don't at all. I just don't. And while I, I understand completely where David French was coming from on the babysitting factor that you mentioned on the show today, you, I still think we cannot have a commander-in-chief trying to lay down ordinance on foreign policy in a room of bureaucratic despots, a joke of an organization called the UN, while your general, who's really the one person in our delegation they all actually respect because of his resume, is out there going, I would have freaking gone ape. I can't, that... You can't have that. And, the, and, and, and if I thought the argument was worth it, because you're right, I didn't, but I, w- but I wanted our audience to hear David's point of view because I knew it would be different than mine. I, I would have said, David, come on, buddy, friend to friend. We both know that if General Kelly was standing up there at the, giving a freaking address to the Joint Chiefs of Staff in the Pentagon and, and his attache, his, his, his lieutenant, his sergeant, God, I can't believe it. Dude, he would have looked at him like he needed killing, okay? I mean, court martial would have been, he'd have changed his name to that before noon, okay? You can't have that, guys. You can't. But the fact that Tillerson was even hired to begin with made no sense. His resume was bad. Ideology, bad. The fact that he has undermined this president a hundred times for whatever compared to what John Kelly has done. Because you could make the argument Kelly has brought some clear adult supervision to the room. That's not debatable. I think we all agree to that. Would we agree? Regardless of what we, whether we agree or not with what should be the penalty for, for whatever Kelly did in, at the UN, would we all agree he has brought some maturity to this operation? I don't think that's even debatable. Yeah, but that's also the reason he's going to be gone faster because he's going to be sick of well, it. Well, and you know what? I hate you because you might be right about that. And that's, uh, but I'm agreeing with you. I'm selling. I know. I know. That's. I know. I. I don't like my answer. Hmm. Tillerson shouldn't have been hired, and he should have been fired twenty times by now. And that's why he'll stay because he knows he can get away with murder. So, yes. So quick buy sell hold here. This is one that I came up with. Trump will actually break form to this point and actually fire General Kelly. Sell. I don't think he has the balls. He obviously doesn't have the balls. I don't think he has the balls. You're allowing this guy to to, to Jimmy kick you in front of the world and like then that, scream at you afterwards. Yeah, yeah. What yeah. the? Heck? No, he just no. He doesn't have the balls. Doesn't have the balls. I I, I think it's the only. I, I, and I Kelly goes because he just comes to the same realization as Steve Bannon did. Right. What the hell am I doing here? Exactly. What am I doing? The thing that could cause him to stay is if what happens with a military, you know, North Korea, something like Agreed. that. His sense of duty yep. to just be there on the rudder of and this thing. And that's why, and now now to be fair to, to people like David and others, this is why he they have such a long rope with the Mattises, the McMasters, and the Kellys. And I think this is something we in the we conservatives need to understand when we hear guys like French, other conservatives like French and others defending these generals. When we go after them for their progressive ideology on transgendered garb and all that, it comes from what you just said. A lot of times the conservatives that are defending Mattis, Kelly, and McMaster are fellow veterans. Or people that have served in the military. Well, obviously, you've served in the military. You're a veteran. You know what I'm trying. Yeah. Either, meaning they've 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 not just served, but they have served in active duty. I guess it was the distinction I was trying to draw. Sure. And they are scared to death about having this guy calling the shots by himself. Right. And they and they're like, you know what? I would at least take an Obama general who knows what war actually is. 
over this guy who thinks because he watches the shows he's an expert and i can't fault them for that can you no no if you've seen it if you've seen people die who would you rather have making decisions just based on life experience mcmaster mattis kelly or trump one of these things is not like the other wouldn't you agree absolutely agree now 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 we don't like false choices we'd like to actually get good generals with their with their accomplished resumes with the right ideology but who's president guys trump how many how many how many appointments has he made of people that are good people with the right ideologies how many i might still be waiting for one there's a couple not many not many so that's the world in which we lived. A bad person is president of the United States, a terrible person. We had an election last year with a terrible person who has no values versus a terrible person with terrible values. That's, is that the election we had last year? That's yeah. it. A terrible human being with no values versus a terrible human being with terrible values. That's what we had. That's always fun to go in that way back machine. And we're going to have to live with the consequences of that the next four years. It's better than toe fungus. Uh, Paul Manafort will spend absolutely no time in jail because he's going to flip enough to get himself out of Dodge or out of trouble. Sell. I'm going to sell. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to sell on that too. This, my premise still is I, th- there's not enough there to flip. I, that part, I, and that's interesting. When David French also said earlier today, how the people who said there was never anything there, well, I think both can be right at the same time. There clearly was something there, but it was not just some gigantic scheme of the entire edifice starting from Trump on the way down. I mean, most of it looks more like Donald Trump Jr. just frat boying, bumbling his way into It looks this. like Trump believing he was playing them. Oh, yeah, yeah, we'll have a meeting with him. Oh, yeah, let's talk right, about ex- setting up our own network. Exactly. Yeah, Meanwhile. Think, think, just thinking he's getting some deep intel yes. assistance. He thinks he's the one playing them. Meanwhile, a guy that, you know, has been has been eyeballing and building up and tearing down naive dumbass right. over their skis megalomaniacs like Trump since the 80s and Putin was 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 the, was he was the mark Trump thought he was the one running a con here way in over his skis when he was the one getting played the entire time I think that is by far the most likely scenario here so by you agree then that far there's just not enough to roll think about it. yes because think about it look how hard trump has gar- has guarded his taxes has guarded his private sure private financial information meanwhile his son's out there with his with his russian intermediary buddy checking in on facebook meeting with russians at trump tower see where i'm going yeah. with this Trump knows when he's doing something wrong. He's real good at covering his tracks. Good at filing bankruptcy. Good at good at paying people off to not reveal his financial information. He knows. He knows when he's when he's in the gray. He knows when he's shady. He knows this. All right. He is a Teflon Don. He has survived scandals, bankruptcies that would tear down most mortal megalomaniacs. This, I believe, is a guy better, just better at this game than Trump is. Remember when I said I didn't go meet with Trump after he won the nomination? Remember what I said? I told you guys before why I didn't do it when he asked me to come and meet with him. Why I didn't do it? Why did I say I didn't do it? Because he's better at this than me. Because he'll flip me. I know that. He'll have me convinced. He'll play to my vanity. He'll play to my ambitions. I have them. I'm a guy. Right? I pee standing up. I have male equipment. Therefore, I have no. an ego. Any male no. who claims they don't is a liar or a eunuch. 
and you okay. said he, he was going to put some sort of dollar sign in front of you yeah, that you've never I, once I, in your life dreamed I, of entertaining. I, I, I just I knew I could not. He would it, we need because everything he would say about Hillary would be right because he's right. She's terrible. Okay, he would play to my vanity, my patriotism, and I would then go out and just make a clown out of myself like everybody else has. That's why I said no. You know, the Bible doesn't say stand there and resist temptation. It says flee from it, get away from it. All right, so that's why I can't go. Same dynamic applies here, I think, with Trump and Putin. Putin is just better. Trump is better at this than me. And part of being, as I get older, I'm learning wisdom is admitting what you don't know and can't do, more so than flaunting what you do know and can do. Um, Putin is to Trump what Trump is to me. I'm pretty good at this, but Trump's a master. Trump's pretty good at this. Putin's freaking Palpatine. Okay? So, you know, there's a master and an apprentice in this relationship, guys. And I just think Trump thought he was playing them when he was getting played the entire time. This is the sting, if you've ever seen the movie. That's what was going on here. He's the sting. He was the mark. And that's why I think Manafort is going to prison. Agreed. Time for some sports, sports, sports. Um, Washington, number seven Washington will lose outright at Colorado this weekend. Uh, both teams are 3-0. and Neither team has really played anybody. Sell. So, I think they win by double digits. Agreed. Uh, let's see. Whichever coach loses the Michigan State Notre Dame game will lose their job by the end of the year. Sell. Um, I think if the losing coach is Brian Kelly, the answer is yes. Uh, but I think D'Antonio will have a little bit more rope because he obviously has a lot more built-in goodwill with his school, even with the off-the-field scandal they had this year, than Brian Kelly does. I'll buy. I'll buy. I think what when you had what you seemingly had with Michigan State uh, ascendant and right there at the, at the top uh, of the teams to consider uh, in the Big Ten as a eligible to make the uh, the bowl championship series at the end. And and to have lost that and lost it seemingly the playoff you mean the that's, play that's I'm sorry I'm sorry yeah yep. the playoff excuse me uh, and to seemingly lose that as fast as he did and and when the and the the replacement is in your own backyard with Michigan I think that they they're going to need to realize Steve off air you were talking to me about why this hire of Jimmy need to happen I think it'll uh, Jimmy uh, your coach um, Jim Harbaugh I think it's just imperative they can't wait around any longer and i don't think this guy's the answer to keeping up with michigan in their state or with the rest of the big 10 and uh, kelly i think is just going to be he, he's, he's gone he's no matter tired what. he's yep. done i mean he can't he can't make maybe notre dame can't be resurrected but he's not the guy to do it all right last one Dwayne barth penn state beats iowa by 21 points or greater i'm selling on that you know i mean iowa is not a home underdog often uh, the last 10 years under Kirk Ferentz, but they are 7-3-1 and one when they are. Um, the last three top five teams to come into Kinnick have lost straight up. So Penn State really hasn't played anybody. You know, they didn't even, co- they actually didn't cover the spread against Pitt, who was annihilated at home by Oklahoma State the very next game. So um, I don't think so. 
I, I think Iowa has a real chance to win the game, particularly because they have their own Saquon Barkley and Akron Wadley. And that gives Iowa a chance to hang around, and he gives them a playmaker they've not had very often, like Penn State has with Saquon Barkley, where you think you're ahead, you know, you're up by five or six points at the end of the game, and then all of a sudden you miss one tackle or overplay one angle, that guy takes you to the house and you lose. You know, that's what that's what Saquon Barkley, you know, Iowa has that player as well, that environment, I think they at least hang around. I, I see a lot of people talking about the matchup nightmares that Penn State has offensively versus Iowa's defense, and that's true. Uh, but also, it's it's the same type of thing for Iowa, maybe just not with as much uh, experience, what you just pointed out with Akram Wadley. And then the way that they're using their tight ends as well now, they're they're making some big plays and uh, letting some of the receivers, at least through three games, they're letting some of the receivers, I think, get a little bit more open because uh, they're just they're, they're using their, player, their uh, skill position players in a different way than they have uh, for years. So I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Yeah, I'm selling as good as Barkley is. I was a Big Ten defense. They go against really good running backs all the time. They know how to deal with that. What's the quarterback's name for Penn State? McSorley. Yeah, if if the only way this happens if if he just goes off with a hey, Heisman the, caliber. The one game. thing we've not seen McSorley do. He threw really good jump balls to Chris Godwin last year. He dumps it off really well to Saquon Barkley this year. Iowa's matchup issues aren't an issue because the way they play defense. They're not going to play a lot of man-to-man coverage. They're going to play typical Iowa 4-3, soft zone, make you be patient. And if and one thing we've not seen Trace McSorley do a lot of in his collegiate career is hit that pro throw up the seam, that intermediate 10 to 15-yard throw that Iowa makes most college, every college quarterback make. And 75% of college quarterbacks can't make that throw consistently. Now, the, the, the game becomes a blowout if Trace McSorley can make that throw. Right. If Trace McSorley can make that throw, then Iowa's toast. Because that is then when the rest of the matchup problems right. become an issue. But we've not really seen him make have to make those throws. And he's going to have to make those throws on Saturday night. So we'll see. I love how uh, James Franklin is already letting the pink locker room get into his head saying it was a nice gesture by the University of Iowa because Penn State's first colors were pink and black. I love how that gets into people's heads so easily. It's awesome. Yes, I know. Uh, when when they first did it, Bo went out there, with the first time he went out there with Michigan, when, when Iowa was first doing it, he got so mad that he had student managers come in and uh, paper mache all the walls to cover it up. And in that game, it ended up being the first time in Shen Beckler's career, actually the only time in his career he was ever shut out, 22 to nothing. So, yeah. And I'm, I'm with uh, you Jimmy, Jimmy tried to do the same thing last year. Yeah, and they, they lost that game, too. Jim was on that team that lost 22 to nothing, by the way. He should Has have he ever beaten Iowa? Probably learned that lesson. Um, yes. I need to stop. Yes, he I did. I need to stop right now. I was going to get just going to let him go on like in this? His senior year, they beat <laughs> Iowa. Yes. That was the game that determined the Big Ten Championship, actually. Or one of them. All right, that'll do it for today's podcast. Don't forget CRTV.com. Promo code DACE for the TV show. Back at it tomorrow. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. I like it, you.